Hey, good day, everyone. This is Corey from Safety Man Consulting, safetyman.co, at safetymanco on all social media, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere you can want to look for me, you can find me at, at safetymanco. So as we know, I do a lot of permit to carry handgun or CCW training in the state of New Jersey. I can even train out-of-state residents to get them a permit to carry a handgun within the state of New Jersey. The only requirement there is the handgun that you may be able to carry that's legal in your state has to also be legal in New Jersey, which would be a 10 round magazine maximum. You can have a gun that can hold a larger magazine, but you can only have 10 round modified magazines for New Jersey. So what I wanna talk about today is choices for your personal defense weapon or your carry weapon. And there's a lot of factors that we want to talk about in that. So the first thing we're going to talk about is concealability, right? We want to carry concealed. The law doesn't say you have to carry concealed, but you want to carry concealed. You don't want to be what's called printing or have that weapon uh, put unnecessary bulges in your clothing so people can see that and then assume that you might have a weapon. That could cause people to call law enforcement on you or cause the suspect or subjects in an active shooter or robbery or some other crime to single you out as somebody who may be armed and a problem and then wanna take you out or assault you first. So we wanna consider concealability. So there are a lot of subcompact and really micro semi-automatic and revolver pistols that a lot of people go and think that this is the gun that they wanna carry concealed. And then when they come to the range, they realize that the gun is either too small for their hands, too small to control accurately, or too short a barrel and too small for them to hit accurately at 25 and 15 yards, and thus they cannot pass the course. So you wanna do that balance between concealability and accuracy and usability. You wanna go to a gun shop that has qualified people there that will make sure that they put a bunch of different guns in your hand to make sure that it fits your hand, that you can assume a proper grip, and that you can manipulate all of the external features, such as if you get a gun with a safety, which we'll talk about, magazine release, slide stop, and any other things that are on the gun, whether it be ambidextrous or for right-handed shooters only. So concealability versus usability. I would always err on the side of making sure that I can hit accurately and consistently with that firearm from 25 yards and in. I can do it quickly and I can train to the standard where I'm doing it first nature, where I don't have to think about it. I don't have to look at it and I don't have to make choices of which way I'm going to manipulate that gun. Should there be a stoppage or should I have to do an emergency reload? So the second thing we want to look at is all those features on the gun. Do we want external safeties? Do we want squeeze cocker or grip cocker safeties on that gun? My personal uh, idea is no. People think that at a, if they get a gun with a safety that is less likely to go off in their holster, or for some reason they think maybe they can just lay it around and not lock it up, and a child or some unauthorized person may not be able to get to that gun and function it. We all know if you give a kid an iPhone, he can find the apps on it. If you get a kid a regular phone, eventually they'll dial 911. So if you let a kid in a room long enough, unattended with any firearm, with any safeties on it, they will eventually be able to fire that gun. So it gives you a false sense of security. 
the issues that external manual safeties provide on a gun, the issues, the problems, the training issues that I have to overcome with my clients is we have to train to a standard where every time you draw that gun, you have to physically manipulate that safety. And the one time you forget under stress in combat, when your life, the life of a loved one or the life of some innocent third party is on the line is the time you're going to forget because it's a, it's a fine motor skill and you're not going to do it. Your gun's not going to work. And then you're going to go through your tap rack ready the way we normally clear stoppages. And that's not going to work either. And then you're going to be at a loss and you're going to be assaulted or dead or ineffective in that gunfight. So I do not recommend guns with any external safeties. Okay. So Glock is the gun that I've been carrying for 30 years. I've had the same Glock for 30 years. It's never malfunctioned. It's never broken. I never did any upgrades to it. It works perfectly. Sometimes I pressure test it and I fire like five or 6,000 rounds through it without even cleaning it. And the gun works flawlessly, accurately, doesn't jam, malfunction, failure to eject, failure to feed, stovepipe, nothing. It works. Then I have a brand new Glock Generation 5, and that works exactly the same way. I can share magazines, one weapon system for my wife and I, so we can proverbially share magazines if we're in a common gunfight. And if we have to use each other's guns, there's no learning curve. You learn one, you learn them both. And all Glocks function the same way. The only difference is the size of the weapon and the magazine capacity. They don't have external safeties. They do have three internal safeties, a drop safety, a trigger safety, and a firing pin safety to make sure that you can throw that gun on the ground fully loaded. And the worst thing that'll happen is that it'll break, dent, and scratch up, but it will not go off. They dropped the Glock out of a helicopter from 50 feet, and the gun did not go off. It broke, but it didn't go off. So external safeties are something that I don't recommend. I believe they provide a false sense of security and they introduce another training curve that takes more time and more thought for you who's not an experienced gunfighter. Remember, if I'm training a private citizen in five or six hours to try and use this gun in a life or death situation under stress, I don't want them having to make any decisions other than is force necessary and can I apply it effectively right now? Another thing about guns is how many rounds do I wanna be able to carry in my gun? So some people wanna carry on an empty chamber. They feel that this is safer. And there's a, there's a training idea behind that. If for some reason you were getting disarmed, it gives you a little bit more time to fight for your gun back or get out of the area before that bad guy, that suspect, that active shooter can get that gun working by chambering around and then firing it. However, you do need two hands in a gunfight if you're carrying on an empty chamber to get that round chambered. There are other ways we can train to do it with one hand, but that's it, it takes a, a high level of, of expertise and skill, and it's really dangerous to train that way inside of a gun range. So I normally don't offer that to my basic citizen components. When I'm training SWAT people or experienced officers will then show them how to chamber around with just one hand by using their belt, their boot, or some other place to be able to do that. So carrying a gun with no round in the chamber to me makes no sense. The guns today are manufactured so they will not go off until you pull the trigger. 
which then brings me to how you're going to carry that gun. And we talked about this. We showed you some different holsters. We want to make sure you have a holster that's going to protect the trigger guard of that gun. And if you're carrying a gun like a uh, 45 caliber 1911 style, which goes cocked and locked, you want to make sure that it covers a trigger guard, that it has some sort of, of block in between the hammer and the rest of the gun in case for some reason that hammer comes forward. Not supposed to. I don't know that it's ever happened, but it's something that just worries me. That's not a gun style that I carry. So this is Corey coming out. This isn't science or facts. This is, I want that, that hammer to not be able to contact that firing pin should something catastrophic happen while you're in a fight for your life before you can get that gun out of the holster. You want to get a holster at all for some retention, some way that is going to keep the gun in the holster until you positively take it out. Not just the pressure of the gun in the holster against your body, but some sort of mechanism where you have to press a button, twist it, uh, or do some sort of active uh, system to get the gun to come out of the holster. And then you want a holster that you can reholster. You can put the gun back in the holster with one hand without having to take that second hand and then go ahead and open up the holster because now we're flagging ourselves. We're pointing that gun potentially at our offhand under stress, under the most stressful situation you've just been in when you've either had to point a gun at somebody or actually shoot somebody or at somebody in a deadly force, life-threatening, highly traumatic, highly stressful situation. And now we're going to try to manipulate a fine motor skill with two hands with that barrel, potentially the hammer back, potentially the gun hot, potentially you shaking and hyperventilating and tunnel vision and not thinking clearly. It's just too dangerous. I want you to be able to unholster and holster that gun with one hand so your offhand can be up defending yourself, fighting for yourself, protecting a loved one, getting them out of the way, manipulating things, doing whatever you need to do with that offhand. I don't want two hands working on that gun until I'm ready, I'm on target, and I'm about ready to squeeze off that round, okay? So what did we cover today? We covered external safeties, false sense of security. We covered concealability versus accuracy and the ability to shoot the gun and it be comfortable and secure in your grip when you're firing the gun. This is probably one of the most common things that I see with my clients. They go out, they just get a gun, they show up at the range, they have a practice with it, and they can't hit anything. They're all over the place. The gun's too small for them, too big for them. They didn't get it fitted right. So go to a competent gun shop. If you don't have one, contact me, and then we can talk about different types of guns that you should look for that'll probably fit your hands. And again, I'm always going to point you to Glock, but there are numerous other companies out there. I don't work for Glock. I don't get any feedback or kickback from Glock. I just know that it's been consistent. I carried it on duty as a police officer for 20 years, never malfunctioned. I carried it off duty and I still carry today, never malfunctioned. It's consistent. It's accurate. It's reliable. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay. Then we talked about how are you going to carry that gun around in the chamber or not around in the chamber. In New Jersey right now, private citizens can only carry 10 rounds in a magazine. So if I can put 10 rounds in a magazine, chamber one, take that magazine out, top it off and put another 10 round magazine in it. Now I have 11 rounds in my gun. That is perfectly legal in New Jersey. 10 in a magazine, one in the chamber. Now you have 11 rounds to defend yourself, your family or innocent third parties in a deadly force situation. 
if the laws change and you can go to high capacity magazines, that's one reason to potentially get a gun that has the ability to accept uh, a larger magazine, like maybe a Glock 19 or a Glock 17. Whereas right now, the way the law is, you can put a 10 round magazine in it. If the laws change, you can then go ahead and put a 15, 16, 17 round magazine in that gun and, and darn near double your capacity without having to reload. So you have a better ability to give everybody the amount of rounds that they need to stop that threat as soon as possible and save human life. Safety Man Consulting, safetyman.co, at safetymanco on all social media. Beyond the CCW, don't just qualify, train every day, train as much as you can, whether it's dry fire, contact me, let's go to the range and increase that skill set so we can shoot while moving, shoot in low light, shoot with one hand, shoot from off positions, practice emergency reloads, practice stoppage drills, and all those different things that can happen under stress when we're not shooting from the perfect position, when we're moving, fighting, rolling around, hands are sweaty, heart rate is high. I want to introduce that stress so you can effectively, legally, and tactically, and morally defend yourself, your family, or any innocent third party. Stay safe and be ready.